What's up, guys? It's been a while. I've been trying to think about what to talk about. I've gone through kind of a, after four episodes, this is great. <laughs> I've gone through kind of a block. I think I just had a lot on my mind lately. Um, but I wanted to, to talk about something. And I think what's on my mind is pretty controversial. But I'm going to just keep it a buck. It's going to get political. So if you don't like politics, uh, you don't like bipartisan politics in particular, go ahead and skip this one. But I feel really strongly about this because I was just thinking about some things. I was watching a couple videos. I was, I don't know, man. I like to hear both sides of the aisle. You know what I mean? I like to hear both um, sides of an argument. Uh, I definitely wouldn't call myself 100% conservative all the time, but I certainly lean more right. Um, and there's probably in different podcasts, you'll start to see like my views on different political things. And, um, and maybe you'll understand kind of why I'm conservative on some things, not so conservative on on others. I definitely wouldn't say I'm hundred percent liberal on anything, but anyway, what I wanted to talk about was the idea of white guilt. Uh, the idea that, um, black people need some sort of, of, uh, handicap, some sort of reparations, some sort of um, sympathy. Listen, and let me preface it by saying this. I'm black. Okay, we got that out of the way. It's BS, dude. BS. I was watching this video long time ago, like a couple years ago, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was Jeremy Waters, that conservative guy on, on Fox News, who, by the way, I can't stand. I think he's extremely obnoxious. Um, but he was out in the streets of New York, and he asked two groups of people, white people and black people. And he goes up to white people first. And he says, do you think there should be programs instituted to improve black people's credit? And almost unanimously, these people are like, oh, yes, of course. And I'm sure it was edited. I don't know how many no's they got, right? But um, but there were a bunch of people who were just like, yeah, absolutely. Black people need all the help they can get. Yes, absolutely. They need help building their credit. Um, yes, this, yes, that. I'll try and find the video maybe and maybe link it if I can do that on Anchor. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. But... Um, and then he goes to black people and he said, how's your credit score? Oh, it's great. It's like a high sevens. Oh, it's awesome. I don't, I don't need any help with my credit. Oh, my credit's fantastic. Oh yeah. My credit's great. I can get whatever I want. Really? Like, oh yeah, I do very well for myself. My credit's great. The point of the video was the people who impose limitations on black people who assume that they need some kind of assistance, who assume that they need some kind of handout or something is white people. Black people ain't ask for none of this stuff, bro. None. It makes me so mad. And it's like in in your attempt at being inclusive, in your attempt at being um, sympathetic, in your attempt at being uh, in your attempt at being at being uh, altruistic and good-hearted, you're proving yourself to be a racist. You really are. You're you're shooting down any idea that black people can be self-sufficient. You want to know why I think welfare is one of the most evil institutions in this country? Because it assumes that black people are not able to be self-sufficient. They know who they're serving. Let's call a spade a spade. They know exactly who they're serving in the welfare system. They know exactly who their demographic is. And they're shooting it right at them. And what does it do? It keeps black people under the thumb of the government. I'm not some kind of new world order type conspiracy theorist thinking that the government needs all this power in the world. I do think they want a lot of money. That's a different discussion. What I am saying is that when people are subservient, 
to something, when people are uh, are reliant on something, they lose any form of self-sufficiency. And so what do you have is you have a bunch of people in these underserved communities, underserved, you have a bunch of people in these underserved communities that don't own anything, that everything they have, they owe to the government, and so they don't have any pride in their, in their, in their area, right? So you get the trap. You get the hood because you know the government is not providing anything above like minimum living and that's it. And so what do they do to get more? Well, there's no industry where they live because it's been absolutely wrecked, right? Their, their neighborhoods have been absolutely, absolutely wrecked. I've been to these places. I lived in these places. So they go to the trap. They go to the corner, right? And they start doing what they got to do. They start hustling, pimping, selling drugs, whatever they got to do. And it's, and it's inherently beneficial. Even now, in 2019, it's inherently beneficial towards single mothers. Inherently beneficial towards single mothers. When that first came out, it was made to separate black families. This all started at the height of, uh, of black people kind of making their way in society, right? It was on the tail end of, of heavy, heavy racism, um, getting rid of these Jim Crow laws and everything like that. I, I, I'm getting my history, you know, kind of back and forth here, right? We're going way all the way back to fresh off slavery, um, when when black people were quote unquote free, but they were still dealing with a lot of BS. You know, over time it got better and better and better. But Lyndon B. Johnson came and instituted this welfare system that kept them down. I think Lyndon B. Johnson is a bastard. Was I guess he's dead. I curse his name, bro. He's evil. Curse his name. That dude did so much bad for this country by instituting that program. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. And so now you've got this community. In fact, let's take it all the way back to uh, to the Bible. Because it, it, it repeats itself. It repeats itself. The Jews, okay? The Jews in the Old Testament were these uh, amazingly spiritual, self-sufficient, amazing people. This, this group of people were absolutely incredible. God's chosen people, right? Think, think to like African tribes. Before they were um, before they were sold by their own people into slavery uh, to Westerners, right? Wild. These 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 people, the Jews, were amazing, and uh, and they have this temple, right? And um, and they got taken captive by Babylon. And I got to try and remember how long it was. It was something like fifty years. They were enslaved. It's not even as long as as black folks were, right? They were enslaved by Babylon, and when they got released, finally, they went back. To Jerusalem, they went back to where their temple was, and they had no idea how to be self-sufficient. They were so used to being under somebody's thumb that they like they got back, and the temple was in shambles. They didn't know how to take care of themselves. They didn't know how to protect themselves. There were people flanking them from Egypt and Syria that were coming and taking their stuff, raping their women, pillaging their 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 camps and everything like that. Right? They didn't know how to protect themselves, how to take care of themselves, how to do anything. So what did they do? They went and sold themselves. I wouldn't even call it selling themselves, but they went to go get help from Rome. And so what did Rome do? He put the uh, you know, the Jewish leader under a vassal kingship, which means like, yeah, you're a leader, kinda, but I'm still, you're still my bitch. And, uh, and that's what happened. They, they were under a vassal lordship under, under uh, is it Caesar that was back then? Ah, now get my history all mixed up. Anyway, the point is, these Jews were enslaved. They were released from slavery. 
They didn't know how to take care of themselves. They only knew how to be slaves. Is it sounding familiar? They get to a point where they've got their own place, but they still don't know how to take care of themselves. So everything that they have turns to rubbish. Absolute trash. So in order to try and improve their situation, they go under the thumb of another governmental body. And you look at the New Testament, the Jews were like the scum of the earth. To other nations, at least. And and the, in, internally, the Jews thought they were hot shit. You know what I mean? Pardon my life. If you don't like you know, harsh language, I know I don't usually use it. But I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, but they, they thought they were hot stuff, right? You had the Sanhedrin. Uh, you had the Pharisees that really these these Jewish governing bodies that really tried to make the the Jews seem like more than what they were, um, which were people that were released from slavery, couldn't take care of themselves, and were now under the the loving tender care of Rome, who was really taking advantage of them. If you don't see those parallels, are you kidding me? Anytime a nation is enslaved, they're going to go through that. But what they should have done was sought education. What they should have done was sought self-sufficiency. But instead, they went to Rome. And they let them coddle them. And keep them under their thumb. Now, this is where me personally, where my history gets jumbled. And what I think I ought to study is figuring out how the Jews came out of that and became as successful as they are today. At least American Jews, right? Palestinian Jews still struggle quite a bit with that stuff um, getting their land taken from them and plundered and everything like that so maybe it really hasn't stopped maybe it was the landscape um, but I just see history repeating itself and it's never going to get better until black people realize that you don't need any help and until white people realize they don't need any help what they need is education what they need is jobs within their communities. I think, and again, understand, I, I'm, I'm a really light, right-leaning person, but I really enjoy listening um, to Bernie Sanders. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a smart guy. Um, I think he's got some really good ideas. His means of implementation are maybe not ideal, um, but he's, he's, he's talked about one idea in Flint, Michigan, that I think is absolutely genius and I think needs to be instituted. And he said that he wants to, um, he wants to improve the infrastructure of, of Flint, Michigan. For instance, the water issue, right? That's, this is no secret. The water in Flint, Michigan is hot garbage. What he wants to do is he wants to have the people in Flint, Michigan, in an underserved community, work on rebuilding the infrastructure that gives them a job and not just any job it's a job that's rebuilding their community so it gives them purpose it gives them pride now they've got ownership over that they're going to take better care of it that's just how it goes you know what i mean you rent a house okay you're spending money on you take decent care of it but you own a house that hoes your baby you don't do anything to mess it up you know what i mean you don't really care about a rental all that much you don't own it it's not yours it's the same thing. This isn't a land. This is a lease. These people are, are in a place that they ha- over which they have no ownership. The government owns all of it. And the government says, here you go. Enjoy that. That's not how it ought to be. So, uh, so yeah, well, he, he's giving these, these underserved people. And it's not 100% black people. It's not a color thing. It's a culture thing. 
I just say I say black because it, it tends to be the target of, of this stuff because people are crying out racism and people are crying out this need for reparations and um, black people suffered for so long. Ain't none of these niggas out here ever picked a piece of cotton in their life. Never called nobody massa. What is this? They don't need any reparations. They need education and they need jobs within their communities to help them feel like they have some kind of ownership. And that will that will pay out dividends, I promise. And we need to cut out welfare. You know, I get you're down on your luck. My wife and I have been there. We've applied for food stamps. Um, but there's always a way. You know what I mean? We worked a little harder. We, we kind of dusted ourselves off and, and figured it out. We got food in our fridge. We didn't need food stamps. You know, we applied and never took them. And uh, I'm not arguing that there's difficult things. Like I, like I said, I've lived in these places. I know the trap. I get it. But there's ways out. The bus runs every day. You've got options. If you're black and listening to this, I plead with you to not seek a handout, but to seek education. And that doesn't mean going to college. If you want to go to college, great. I think college is awesome. But when I say education, I mean just learning how to be self-sufficient. Learn how to budget. Learn how to do your taxes. Learn how to um, invest. Learn how to stay out of debt. Learn how to make a better life for you and your family. Take some anger management course because I know you're angry being in the trap. I get it. I get it. I know you're sick of being in the hood. I know you're sick of waking up every day wondering how you're going to keep food on the table and how you're going to keep them lights on. I know. But there's a way out. And the way out is education, understanding. They don't teach you this stuff in school. They don't teach it in good schools. They definitely don't teach it in hood schools. Learn. Get out. And uh, that's it. That's my podcast for today. It was intense, right? Um, I'll do a couple of these. I'm, I'm going to try not to make it like super heavily political. I mean, the podcast as a whole make it super heavily political. There's just some things that I can't stand by and, and allow to continue to be perpetuated without me saying something. Like me saying something is going to 100% fix the problem. I know it's not. Um, but hopefully people in those underserved communities know that there's a voice that not only cares about them but understands. I've been there. Um, so that's been it. Thanks.